What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 13 of the Go Figure Podcast, the podcast that is so focused on helping you get your money right, get your mindset right, you know, focused on helping you with your family. And obviously, financial freedom is a big part of that, and time freedom and the ability to create the life that you want, mastering certain topics that are going to help you achieve that. Uh, Today, we've got uh, our man Tyler Talbot is on the road heading down to St. George to a golf tournament because he's just that good at golf. And uh, (laughs) part of our team is, is heading down there with him. And so today, now remember on Tuesday, we're actually going to try and talk about uh, Gen Z and how important it is to, you know, build relationships with Gen Z on your team and how to, you know, basically attract Gen Z customers, clients and speak to them. They are the rising generation that we want to connect with. And so we've got Alyssa here who's going to help us do that. And we're going to be talking a little bit about, uh, you know, best ways to build wealth in 2023, according to self-made millionaires. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Some uh, things also that have helped me to build a, a net worth of multiple seven figures and strategies there. And then we've got also, since we had Gen Z, we thought, well, we need to get another generation in here. <laughs> so we've got, uh, you know, I'm kind of in that middle generation. And then Scott is just a one ahead. What generation are you, Scott? Um, we were just looking this morning. I thought yeah. it was Boomer, but being born in 69, it's uh, the one after what we Gen do. X. Gen X. Okay, Gen so so Scott may be a Gen oh, X okay. guy, but he's right there in the cross between Baby Boomer Gen X. But certainly we have Baby Boomer uh, friends, etc. So we'll look at all the generational views and how we can you know move forward together on the same page. And especially if you have a team and you've got multiple people from multiple generations, how can you come together, mesh, and work together? Is what we're going to talk about. So exciting stuff. Let's talk about uh, what's on store. What are the six main topics? We always have six segments that we're going to bring to you every single podcast, and it's going to usually be Tuesdays and Thursdays. Again, if you're getting value you from the show make sure you share it subscribe comment give us a thumbs up if it was terrible give us a thumbs down and comment in the section what we need to do to get better so we can make improvements but Alyssa, what is on tap for our mastery topic today mastery we're going to be going over why connecting with gen z will exponentially grow your business Okay, very good. And then we've got uh, the freedom topic. Love freedom. We've got four self-made millionaires share their number one strategy to build wealth in 2023. We'll share some of ours that have helped us build wealth as well. And then Scotty, what we got in the money topic? Well, I wish I had a better topic, but I'm going to be going over a little bit of what the government debt and the threat and the mounting and and kind of the effects that it's having on the American people and family. Oh, that's going to be good. Good government debt. Uh, Probably some of you heard the government debt ceiling hit 31.4, not billion, but trillion. trillion. Yeah, we deal with trillions of dollars nowadays as a U.S. government, so that could be a problem for all of us down the road in the future. So we'll talk about that. And then, of course, we have to have our sports segment. And Alyssa loves football, and she watched Love. all of the playoff games, didn't you? All of the playoff what's, games. What's on tap <laughs> for our sports topic today, Alyssa? So our NFL divisional round lines, odds, and trends. Ah, very good. There's four games. We're going to talk about who we think is going to win those four games. And of course, you know, on Tuesday, we talked about some of the, you know, mindset to to victory and building winning teams, what we learned from watching, because there's a lot to learn from sports and especially football. I know Scott's going to have a lot to say (laughs) about that. Uh, Probably talk a little bit about Tom Brady's future since Scott's from New England and uh, has followed the Patriots for a long time. Uh, Our mindset topic is we're going to be talking about our good 
good friend uh, Tony Robbins, how Tony Robbins cultivates a growth mindset. Maybe you've heard about this growth mindset versus a fixed mindset and how that can help you in life and how you can connect with your children, with your team, and give them a growth mindset, which is very important to their future success. And then our family topic will be the final topic. And Scott, Scott is all about uh, family, has uh, a few children of his own. Scott, what is our family topic? Um, it's just going to be the way some of the things are affecting the family uh, with the financial situation, with, you know, with the inflation, and how it's really impacting us and our everyday lives. Good stuff. Yeah, the biggest money challenges for families in 2023. Welcome to the Go Figure podcast created for parents and business owners who want to get their money right. My name's Leo Cannell. As a husband and father of five, I've been fortunate to create two eight-figure businesses in the fintech space. This podcast will share the values, principles, strategies, tools, and tactics that have helped us to build a fintech empire and provide an epic life for our family. Having been a parent and entrepreneur for 20 years, there's a lot I don't know. There's been a lot of failure. The good news is together, we'll find solutions to creating an epic life powered by a business that we love. And most importantly, you know, it's good to identify challenges. Most people make love to problems instead of solving and focusing on the solution to those problems. So, you know, we're going to identify those problems. But more important than anything, we're going to present solutions that you as a business owner, that you as a parent can implement in your business, you know, to get your money right, to help your family, and help your family have the right mindset too. You can be the one that guides and affects and helps your family, you know, become uh, better at all aspects of life and really get control and pursue a life of fulfillment, happiness, etc. So that said, let's jump into our mastery topic here, which is why connecting with Gen Z will exponentially grow your business. This is a Forbes article it says, what should you know about Gen Z to drive your business? It says with roughly 68 million members, Gen Z is the first generation to be classified as digital, in all quotation marks, digital natives. They account for 20% of the world's population, and for good reason, many brands sell their products directly to this demographic. So if you want to target them, learn the essentials of Gen Z, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Alyssa, you've kind of grown up in that uh, digital revolution, and right. what has it been like? Like some of us, I was born in 1980. Scott was born a little bit uh, before that. Like, we didn't grow up with no. devices. People didn't have cell phones. It wasn't until I was about uh, 21, 22 that I got my first cell phone, and it was a wow. phone. There was, there was no iPhone. There was no browsing the Internet. There was no videos. <laughs> there was no music. You could make a phone call, and then eventually you could send a text message and that was all there was. And then at some point, you could put data, you could put words on there and maybe get uh, not quite a book, but maybe uh, some information. Uh, then Blackberries came out. But what, what's it been like for you growing up Gen Z in the digital age? And what do you think has made it unique, you know, growing up uh, in this world that we have internet and connectivity and phones and digital connect? I mean, what's that, what's that been like for you? How would you describe it? Wow. Um, <laughs> I feel bad because I feel like it's, I'm on the negative side of the spectrum when it comes to technology. Like it's been yeah. huge for good things, but I think on the more downside of things, like my intention span or attention span is very little. <laughs> I want things now and I want it quickly. And I think things like Amazon even too, it doesn't help. I want 
it the next day if I want to order something. I don't yeah. want to go to the store anymore and wait around to talk to people because we're so used to being on the phone and using that as a way to communicate with people instead of face-to-face. It's more social media, messaging through Instagram or even Facebook or sending little memes here and there, and there's not a whole lot of actual genuine connection anymore. So for you, it seems like relationships are more superficial. Right. You're watching friends online instead of connecting as much with them in person. Yes. And this uh, topic, and it's one we talk about on this podcast a lot, in order to achieve really big success in business finances, a lot of things in life, you have to delay your gratification. And we've kind of exactly. raised all of our kids in this age like, no, you actually don't have to delay your gratification. You should expect <laughs> it right here, right now. Amazon right. Prime, get it tomorrow. It really is <laughs> remarkable when you you know, you click the button on the on Amazon and right. that package is delivered to you the next day, the next day. Um, which is crazy. So, so yeah. any other uh, negatives that that uh, you've noticed? And then what's, what are some of the positives? Positives, as far as business stuff goes, I think it's great in the sense of there are a lot of companies that pop up, like TikTok, for instance. Yeah. People are getting really good at TikTok and businesses will do short little films or, you know, and with the algorithm that TikTok has, it knows eventually after you go through so many videos what things pique your interest so it knows what businesses it should start to put as ads in your TikTok. So then I'll have, I mean, I'm really huge into shopping. So it'll pop up things like clothing items, stores I haven't tried, or even one of them is Scentbird. I haven't heard of that until recently. I love perfumes and I've wanted to try Uh. some. So that's a nice business that just connected me. And then I subscribed last night. So it's great. I mean, for the business aspect. It's great for the business aspect. Like you can connect up, it's... It's never been better for business. And that's kind of how I look at it. But honestly, if you take out your phone and you're scrolling through TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, <laughs> like how quickly do you see time kind of pass by? And you're like, oh my gosh, oh I just wasted my. 20. I just went down a rabbit hole. Like 100% at the end of the week when it counts out my average on my phone of how much screen time I have, it's four hours, which is not great. That's time I think, oh, I could have been reading a book. I could have yep. learned a language sure. or, you know, time well spent somewhere does, else. Does that come every Sunday morning for all of us? Is that how it works? Yeah, I think so. I think That's so what happens too. to That's me. What I get, I get yeah. it on Sunday morning. I'm sitting there at church and I'm like, yes, oh, wow. exactly. <laughs> and usually for me, it's like, oh, it's because I, you know, I was listening to a podcast or YouTube and, right. and that's why, and I'll notice if I don't, or if I'm traveling that my phone time will be lower, but right. it's true. If you don't intentionally think about how you're going to consume, you know, information and content with this time can fly away and all of a sudden exactly you spend a lot of time and did it make you better or worse so depends on the content i guess it does, right <laughs> right so what about uh, for you and by the way for those of you who don't know scott diaz scott diaz is one of our funding ceos he helps uh, run funding ceo academy here at seven figures funding and so he is uh, meeting with people across the country and helping them to start businesses and finance. Scotty, also a little tidbit about him. He had a video that went viral on YouTube. <laughs> How many views did you get on that? Um, the last time I had seen it, it was close to 35 million. Yeah. Wow. And, and what a video it was. Just absolutely uh, an amazing video. And I think they ask you a question uh, like what was the question? It was how many sexes are there? Was that what it was? It was just kind of a basic. It was one of those street reporters. They had come up to me and he said, Hey, do you mind if you come on? And he said, how many genders are ah, there? There it is. How many that genders? Was, that was the basic question. 
And I just kind of replied pretty simply, kind of common sense for me. I said, well, today you can kind of be anything you want. There's any gender you can be. You can identify as that. But yeah. I felt at the end of the day, I have a hundred, a thousand years from now, when the archaeologists start and come and dig us up and there's bones laying in the grave, you're either going to be a man or you're going to be a woman. So my answer is two. Who would have thought? Biology and science and, and <laughs> wow. So I guess everything I learned in biology class is still true. Or maybe a thousand years later, it will be true, but it might not be true today, depending on who you talk to. So fascinating topic, Scott. So for you, you know, didn't grow up with a phone like me, didn't grow up with technology. What has this transition been like? And, and how does someone, you know, we're in older generations, how do we connect with this younger generation and get a better understanding of, of what their life is like and how can we, how do we come together? Like, well, well, yeah, being a little older, it definitely is tougher. I mean... There was no getting algorithms. It was the JCPenney catalog coming in the mail, and we oh, yeah. through it, and, oh, yeah. and that's how we got our product knowledge. Cri Christmas, it wasn't online. It's, oh, look at the toys. Yep, it, that's how we, we did it. You would map it out, circle, oh, I want this. Yep, and, and we were more touchy-feely. I like to go to the store, but I've got a nice perspective on the Gen Z, too, because I actually have two Gen Zers. That, that I have helps. An, I have an 18-year-old and a 24-year-old son. So to see to raise them... And to see how their life goes outside and the interaction, it kind of blows my mind. But even at Christmas, my son Joshua, he's like, yeah, Dad, he's a gamer, super gamer. He's actually getting ready to do a podcast for it himself. Oh, nice. Cool. And uh, he sent, I'm like, well, where do I find this mouse? Within 15 seconds, I had 20 pictures of it, four locations to buy it. And my first instinct was, how do you know you're going to like it? You've never held it in your hand. Is it going to be right? Uh -huh. But it wasn't even a concern. The reviews were there. The peer exactly. reviews were there, which is very influential for, for the Gen Zers now, almost more than the company. What the peers are saying, they buy because someone says it's worth buying, even more so than the product. Turned out the mouse worked out great, and great. Uh, he loves it. But that was one, I'm like, how do you know it's going to be good? But he, he, he was fine with it, and it worked out good for him. I think that's a great point, because sometimes, like in our family, I've got five kids, and my oldest is 19, and my youngest just turned six. But our 13-year-old Marcus is really good at navigating things. And so when, uh, you know, we have a big uh, group family chat, we're like, all right, what are we going to eat for dinner on a Friday night? Oh, Cafe Rio, we're going to get supas. What are we going to get? And all right, Marcus, order all of our food. And so Marcus will log Aww. in, and he'll <laughs> order all the food. And it's so funny. He's almost like the concierge for our family. Uh, he was he was in Seattle at a soccer tournament, and I'm trying to get uh, my daughter Kayla, who's uh, 17 now. I'm like, Kayla, you need to order the food for the family. You know, Marcus is gone, so can you do that? And so oh. she's like, Okay, Dad, I'll do it. And she calls Marcus um, in Seattle because he's at a soccer tournament. Marcus, can you order the food for us? And oh. he, he actually orders it while he's there at the airport, just got <laughs> off the plane. And so I think that's a good example of, listen, Gen Z has these talents. They've grown up. You need to utilize their knowledge and learn and then put them in positions on your team to succeed. And, and especially when these new apps come out, like, so the newest app right now that's really just taking America by storm, probably TikTok. Would you TikTok. agree? TikTok. Oh, yeah. And, and so a lot of older generations, maybe not very knowledgeable about TikTok, well, 
sit down with someone like Alyssa, teach me about TikTok. <laughs> I don't even know how does this work. Have them scroll through. Sometimes it's a 13-year-old. Sometimes it's a 15-year-old. Sit down with somebody who uses it all the time and is an expert and now th- figure out how can I use this for my business? How can I make this a tool for good? And I think that's that's super important. And then at the same time, help the younger generation understand, listen, you need to look at this more as a tool Otherwise, you go down the rabbit hole and you waste a lot of time. Yeah. And so instead of your content being mindless stuff, which I have to, my 10-year-old needs a lot of help. He's so bright, so intelligent, but he'll go down rabbit holes with YouTube channels. I'm like, what are you listening? What are you watching, Jonas? No, <laughs> let's, let's learn something. There's so much to learn on YouTube. But if you're doing wasted time, just miscellaneous, oh, the latest YouTuber is doing this challenge or is just doing these mindless things, that's where you're not learning and I feel it's almost like uh, there was a study about um, SpongeBob SquarePants. You guys remember that cartoon? I do. Oh, and my. the study basically <laughs> said that kids watching SpongeBob were actually losing intelligence by watching oh, it. Oh, interesting. I've always said this. I literally have. I don't like that show. I'm right? sorry if you guys do. I do not like that show. And I literally say it's for that reason. I never watched it when I was younger, but when I was older, Someone tried to get me into it, and I was like, I literally feel like I'm losing brain cells yeah. watching this. And we've got to all be careful of that. And so for all yeah. the content I consume, almost all of it, I'm intentionally trying to learn something. If it's a podcast, it's if it's a YouTube channel, what can I learn today? And I feel like for a lot of the first years of, you know, after college, I didn't spend that time learning and wasted a lot of time. And that's something that I try to share with this youngest generation. So some good stuff there. One thing that the article did say is mission is important. If your company doesn't have a defined mission of who you're serving, how you're making the world a better place, like at Seven Figures Funding, we serve small business owners. We get them money so they can start a business, create their dream life, create jobs, create products and services that make the world a better place. And so our mission is to get them the funding and the tools and the tactics, strategies, confidence, so that they can succeed with their business, fuel their dreams. And and that's something that's important to us. Alyssa, how important is it for Gen Z to be working somewhere that's not just a job, but is a mission that's making a bigger difference in the world? Huge. I mean, I don't think any company, regardless of age or, you know, is going to succeed if you don't have a mission statement, if you don't have a purpose for what you're doing. I mean, that's how you grow and earn wealth is you're more looking for a solution to a problem that people have. And if you don't have like that mission or the goals to get to that stage of, you know, making a solution to that problem, what's the point of your business? Scott, have you ever worked somewhere or, or been involved with a business that didn't have a mission? Um, in my time, yeah, I've worked with some people who are in it just yeah, for the too. reason, for the bottom line, to put the money in their pocket. Yeah. And, and I've seen, after working with that organization, the person really was, had they done it the other way around, they would have had so much more money in their mm. pocket. They did very, very Ironic. well. Doing Ironic. very, very well but was chasing the penny when they could have had the dollar every single time. It's so true. Like in today's world, if you aren't really focused on a mission to help your client, to give your customer a great experience and improve their life in some way, shape, or form, like it's never been more noticeable. I feel like that's something maybe Gen Z is really good at noticing. Like they... They know the difference between clickbait bullshit and something that's authentic and real. 
And that's what does well. That's what goes viral are the authentic things. And so that's why you see someone like who may be extreme and say things that are crazy that aren't necessarily true all the time. But a lot of the times they are someone like an Andrew Tate who says something so great. But a lot of the time it's true and it gets your attention and it makes you think. And, and so those seem to be the types of things that go viral. So this is, the, this is what you want to learn, you know, about Gen Z as you're building a business and as you go into 2023, and especially if you're going to connect with them and they're on your team and they're young and knowledgeable and energetic and, and you've got to give them a mission and, and so forth. The other thing that's super important to connect with Gen Z is Gen Z and more and more people expect your brand to create content. If you just have a yeah. website and you just have your a company and a company name, like that doesn't resonate. People want to see people behind the brand and they want to connect with those people. And if you're not creating video content and putting out content on all of these social media platforms, like what do you think is going to happen to those businesses that don't do that, Alyssa? You won't succeed, sadly. I mean, if you're not connecting with those younger generations, it's huge. Like, for example, I'm sure people know all the time. I TikTok is huge for me. I'm really addicted to it. I need to settle down with that app. Oh, we got to talk because I need to learn more about TikTok. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, but there's Duolingo, which I'm sure you guys are familiar with. I mean, to learn a language. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So if you want to learn Absolutely. a language, it's a nice little app to like almost like play games kind of. It makes it easier. They've but gamified learning language, yes, which is awesome. It's super cool. And on TikTok, they won't talk about anything that has to do with like the app at all, even it being a language thing. But they have their little, I guess you would call it like a mascot. It's an owl yeah. that they associate with Duolingo. And it'll just do all these little funny things. But everyone loves the Duolingo owl. And now everyone knows what Duolingo is because that of that is little fascinating. owl. Yeah. So you're not out there just trying to sell. You're just producing great content. And it needs right. to be funny, entertaining, but also get your message across. And if you do it in the right way, you can build a big business and a Huge. big following and it's exponential growth. Exponential Like it growth. doesn't cost a lot of money to create some videos and to post it on TikTok. And if you do it the right way, those, vi those videos can go viral and you can really see some tremendous growth in your business, which is just awesome, awesome opportunity, something. So if you don't know how to create content, you don't know what content's good, Talk to someone with Gen Z. They just <laughs> might be very helpful in making that happen. Actually, Leah, we had a had a situation real quick one time when I was previously, you know, training people how to start up some businesses. Yeah. We had a Gen Z who was interested in coming on board, taking some of the education. Yeah. And the reason he hesitated was because we only had a thousand followers on Instagram at uh -oh. the time. No way. And he was like, well, you can't be that influential if you only have a oh, thousand no. followers. Yeah. <laughs> and he walked away from a business opportunity based solely because at that time we only had a thousand followers on our Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. It's, it's true. I feel yep. the same way. Yeah. That, that was pretty eye-opening to me, you know, not someone who really had realized <laughs> the impact of what the social medias can do for your business yet. I've since opened my eyes, but I was like, it just didn't compute to me, but he was dead set, 1,000 followers, no thank you. Wow, unbelievable. So super important. Yeah, if you're not building a following, like it's problematic. Uh, LinkedIn is one of those places where it's kind of difficult to build a following, but I've got 20,000 followers on LinkedIn, and, wow. and that's... 
that's quite a lot on, on LinkedIn. And, and it's funny when you do build that following, all of a sudden people just want to connect with you. Brands want to connect with you. And so um, it's important to figure out where is your dream client at for us. There's a lot of business owners on LinkedIn, a lot of business coaches. And so it's a natural place for us to connect, but uh, YouTube obviously has a lot of opportunity right now as does TikTok. So important to understand these opportunities and, there's no one better to teach you about them than Gen Z. All right, guys, that is our mastery section. We did a good deep dive in there. Great stuff. Thanks to Alyssa and Scott for sharing some awesome uh, points of view and uh, insights on that. Let's go to our freedom topic, which is four self-made millionaires share their number one strategy for building wealth in 2023. This is a CNBC article. And uh, kind of a, a cool article here. It says, the wealthiest people focus on earning. While world-class thinkers understand the importance of saving and, and investing, they direct their mental energy toward accumulating wealth through serving people and solving problems. <laughs> just what Alyssa was just saying, right? Self-made millionaire Steve Siebold in How Rich People Think, which he wrote after studying millionaires for over 25 years. So here's the four strategies that they recommended in this article. Number one, you must build multiple streams of income. Okay. So Scott, you know, you're an experienced, uh, you know, business professional executive uh, hustler out there. What are the multiple streams of income? What are some examples of multiple streams of income uh, that you can start to build regardless of where you're at in 2023? Um, well, Obviously, the internet is the first place that you can yeah. use affiliate programs. Affiliate programs—that's huge. They're huge, but and one thing I found too in doing this for a while, it's not so much to be scattered. Some of the best successes—if you can add an affiliate program to something that you already do, for instance, just using us for an example here at Seven Figures, we work with many accountants, many of coaches, business strategists who help other people grow their business. Well, part of that is they bring a funding option into their business and their portfolio. And now, because of the way they affiliate with us, they're not doing the heavy lifting. They've created another stream of income. But more importantly, they've been able to service their clients through the whole process of what they're working for them. So the stream of incomes are good. But if you're just scattered everywhere, I don't think you get the proper attention on all of them. But if you can incorporate them into the business that you're already working on, your focus as add-ons and support, I think you can definitely take things to the next level. That's such a great point because whatever business you're in, there are multiple streams of income within that yeah. business. Yeah. A lot of times they think, oh, I got to go start a new business and do a new thing. But actually in the business you're in, there are all of these opportunities. So when we started out with Seven Figures Funding, it was, hey, we're just going to get you know, funding, this type of funding, and, and do this. And then all of a sudden, we're like, well, actually, people want to learn how to start a funding business. Cool, let's start Funding CEO Academy. And then actually, you know what, if you uh, just send these other deals over here that people help with accounting and bookkeeping, they're going to pay you referral fees. And it's in the same environment, the same you know, vein of everything you're already doing. And so you start to generate all these streams of income based on your area of expertise and the work that you're already doing in your business or even, you know, wherever you're at. And then there's opportunities as an entrepreneur. And if you're not working at a company where entrepreneurship is real, I think that's something you need to do because as an entrepreneur, Scott can come to me and say, Leo, listen, 
there's this uh, you know program called the ERC. It's an employee retention credit, and you can uh, help these business owners get a big refund, and it's very profitable. And this isn't this is within. It's not actually business funding, but it's kind of within that same vein. Maybe we should look at doing that. Oh, it's a great idea, Scott. Let's do that. And so when you have these different ideas within your company, you should be able to bring them to a manager or an owner. And they should say, that is a great idea. Let's implement it. Why don't you run point on it? You take X amount of dollars from these deals since you helped me bring it to. And there's opportunities within businesses. And this is how Bob Iger built Disney. Bob Iger, obviously not Walt Disney, didn't found that company, but had all these great ideas. And so as an entrepreneur, he would he would say, hey, what about this idea? What if we start this? Hey, what if we go and get involved in, and buy all of uh, Star Wars? That's a great idea. Yeah. Hey, that worked out pretty well. <laughs> so he would sure. literally, what if we go buy all of the Marvel stuff? Marvel was not a deal until Bob Iger's like, this is a huge opportunity. Marvel's just sitting on this stuff doing nothing these movies and all of the uh, toys and video games could be massive. So he's like, let's go buy this uh, Marvel stuff at a good low price. It's going to be a win for the Marvel company. And then we're going to make all these big, and how many of Avengers movies oh, and so Captain many. America. My kids <laughs> love these. And Bob Iger, these were his ideas as an entrepreneur at Disney. And then he uh, tried to retire and well, the last CEO didn't work out. So Bob Iger had to come back with that's how you can do it. There's so many different ways uh, to build streams of income. From a Gen Z perspective, what, how important is it? What opportunities are Gen Z looking for to make money um, and, and grow their own wealth? You know, I was just thinking about this, and I was thinking, you know, a lot of our clients actually do this, and I think it's even been something that I've wanted to jump on, and I don't know a lot into it. Maybe you could add to it either of you, oh, this but is great. Amaz yeah. Amazon FBA yes. doing those yes. shipments through Amazon. I mean, like I just brought up earlier, I love Amazon. I'm always on Amazon. So I'm always like going to be on there and everyone does too. Everyone loves Amazon. I don't know a single person that hasn't used it at least once in their life already, but people will go on there. They'll purchase product, sell it on there for higher than what they got because most of them buy it in bulk mm -hmm. and then they'll just sell it on there at a higher price and then they'll get it's easy. You send it over to Amazon. Amazon can put those labels on there, or you can do it yourself either way and save a little money that way. But ultimately, you're just buying a bulk of products, sending it to Amazon. Amazon will do the work for you, and then you're just earning money. I, I love that. And, and so let's say you know, you're know you home, you're working a job, and you're like, you know what? I do need to start a side hustle. I right. Because at the end of the day, if you're trading your time for money, you're always going to be limited to how much money you can make, right? If you're making a certain amount of dollar per hour or a salary per week, you know, and if you're in a business where you can be an entrepreneur and look, hey, I saw this opportunity, we can make additional money here, then you need to bring that to your, your boss manager and implement. That's a way to build an additional stream of income. But a lot of the time, sometimes there isn't that opportunity. So you need to start a side hustle. And so Alyssa's like, listen, I'm on Amazon all the time. I'm buying stuff on this phone. She just subscribed to this opportunity. Well, was it clothing or what was it? It was oh, perfume. Scent bird. It was yeah. perfume because she loves uh, loves perfume. Mm -hmm. So all the things that you already know and like and and utilize every single day, well, if you're already passionate about it, you know about it, that means there's an opportunity there. Exactly. And so how can you capitalize on that opportunity? Well, here's here's what David Meltzer uh, uh, taught me. David Meltzer, 
was basically the movie Jerry Maguire was kind of patterned after his life as a sports agent. But he basically said, listen, the quickest way to success is if you want to build an Amazon business and you love Amazon and some of these products on there and you want to become a seller on Amazon, find someone who's already done that, exactly. has a roadmap for success, mm -hmm. and then follow their program. And you don't even have to know them. I feel like back in like the, the 90s, early 2000s, when I was... Scott will, will affirm this. Like, you had to actually know somebody in person. Yep. You had to go to their event and talk <laughs> yep. to them. And, Uncle Bob, I, I see you're a business owner. How can I do? And you had to, like, sit down with them. But now you don't have to do that. Now you can jump on YouTube. And who can I learn this from? Who's really doing it? I think it's important to differentiate between someone who's just teaching it versus someone who's actually done it. And if it's someone who's actually done it and they have a roadmap for success and real proof and evidence that they're good at it, and then they got values and principles because maybe they did do it, but maybe they're terrible at teaching other people how to do it, and they actually have real results and testimonials from people, that's how you can do it. And, and there's so many free videos on YouTube where so you can many. learn how to do these topics, and that's the rabbit hole you should be going down. Exactly. Instead of the rabbit hole of mindless bullshit that's not teaching <laughs> you anything, you go down the rabbit hole of, I want to learn everything about Amazon businesses and FBA, and oh, wow, I can come up with a niche. I love perfumes, or I love yoga mats and uh, <laughs> yoga fitness, or I love everything about biking and Peloton, whatever it is. And there are all these little niches that you can create in Amazon, in e-commerce, and you can buy low and sell high and build a brand. And then you can have your own e-commerce website. There's stores like exactly. Shopify. My son, who's 13, Marcus, just started a Shopify store. And he's got these little animal slippers that are really comfortable. And he's drop shipping them. And he just got his first sale, so he was real excited. But there are these opportunities. And so it's just going in. And, then and so here's the other thing, too. Everybody talks about, oh, these training programs are a scam. They're thousands of dollars. You know what is a scam? College. There's no guarantees in college. You leave college with $40,000 in student debt on average. And did you actually learn something that translated into the workforce? Or did you get taught by a professor who's never even been in the real world, has no idea what it actually takes to succeed? They're teaching you stuff about marketing that's five years old. <laughs> it's five years old. It's already useless and not going to work. But if you're learning from someone who's in the trenches, who's built that type of business, who's teaching people how to do it every day, who's actually made millions of dollars doing it, like when, when we launched Funding CEO Academy, I mean, we, we've done it, right? I, mm -hmm. We've done hundreds of millions in funding, made millions of dollars, paid out millions of dollars. Um, our funding CEOs, I mean, uh, Damon's built a multi-seven-figure funding empire in the last 18 months. He went through our program. Like, we have real tangible results. And so people will say, oh, this is a scam. It's $5,000. It's $10,000. To learn and pay five to ten grand from someone who's already done it, that's the quickest way to success. It doesn't guarantee your success because you have to do the work and put in the effort. But if you're not learning a skill or starting a side hustle and making additional streams of income, your odds of achieving financial success in today's world, I think, are very low. So. Yeah. And, and, and there's more than enough opportunities out there at this day and age that if you are interested in something in a business, it's on you if you can't go find someone who's been exactly. there before you and find the right ways to do it.
And there's then, no excuse. And then it takes exactly. the right mindset. Like if you go in, oh, I tried it, it didn't work. No, you, you, you figure out what doesn't work and you keep trying until you figure out the right formula, the right product. You might try, exactly. you might have to try 10 products to listen. If they don't work, that's okay. Right. You learn, you learn, you learn. And all of a sudden you find the right product or you find the right way to market it or you find the right way to show up in the search algorithms. It's all these little details. And once you get through and understand it's not an event, but it's an actual process, that's when entrepreneurship is so rewarding, and there's nothing as rewarding as, as that except maybe having, you know, seeing your kids succeed, that's pretty rewarding. But seeing a business succeed um, is is just awesome. So once you have that, those multiple streams of income, you have your income growing because your income has to grow. There's yeah. only so much saving you can do. Then you save money, not to save, but to invest. Yep. And there's opportunities to invest. Obviously, the stock market is down 20 to 30% in the last year. Uh, if you are invested in the big tech companies, you might be down 40 to 50%. Um, so maybe that's something you might want to consider not investing in. I'm, I like to invest in cash flow real estate. If it's a single family rental home, if it's apartment buildings, if it's Airbnbs 15 minutes from Disney World that make me money that are going to over time go up in value that you can save on taxes and or you can also invest in other businesses, other businesses that make money that don't take a lot of your time. And so those are the two things that most millionaires are doing. And then they automatically save that money because what happens to most people is you make more money and then you spend, spend. More, money, more money. Oh, damn it. I'm, I'm not actually making progress. And I've been guilty of this throughout my life. And so what you want to do is, uh, Grant Cardone says, create a sacred account and automatically move that money right when it comes in. It's not even available. And then it's in a special savings account that you can't access very easily. And that's your sacred account. And you're saving that money up, not to save it, but to invest. Yes, it's great to have some months saved up in case you know your income goes down or you lose a job. But mostly, you need to create additional streams of income. And then when you have enough passive income coming in from real estate or a business, well, now you're actually free and now you can start another business or expand and grow the one that you currently have. And then the biggest thing that these guys talked about is changing your mindset about money. Scott, what were some, and I, I can talk forever about this, what were some <laughs> false beliefs you had regarding money that maybe you were taught, you know, growing up or learned from other people? Um, that. For me, one time, it, it may sound weird, but it was saving. Always had to save, 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 save. Never do anything with that savings. Just save, 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 save for the rainy day. And so I would have loved in growing up is, is to have more training and knowledge of what to do with that savings to make it make more money for me. So that was, you know, it, I guess maybe grand, my grandparents are come from, you know, uh, just after depression and things yeah. like that. So oh, yeah. they, they were born and lived their lives scared that in an instant everything was gone. So it was all about the rainy day fund, not worrying about let's make more money. So it was really go to work, nine to five, you need to get a degree, you need to get a 40-hour-a-week job, you need to work there for 25 years, you need to collect your pension. That was my whole, that was my foundation growing up. That's what my parents did. They work 25-year jobs, and, and that, it's kind of funny. My sister, to this day, she has the same job that she has when she worked in college. She was a receptionist oh, wow. at college. She still works for the same company today, and she's 56 years old, still working wow. that, and that was her mindset. And I guess that I was the black sheep of the family because I went totally opposite from all of that. 
I've been an entrepreneur inside thing, and they've called me crazy and this and that. But I've also been fortunate enough to live a lifestyle and have some freedoms that I wanted. I've traveled the world, and they look at me now when I say, well, who's crazy now? And, <laughs> you know, she's got her security, but I kind of, uh, I like to live my life while I'm in my life. Yes, that, that savings huge. thing kind of looked at me. I'm like, so I'm going to save all this money, and then I'm going to have about 15 years to enjoy it. Right. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not maybe. even that. So Maybe you're going to retire at 70, and you I mean, who knows oh, what's going to no. happen? And that—that's—that's that's the that's society's lie. The traditional lie is, and maybe it was truer back then. But even then, like your so, let me get get this right. So I'm going to put in a 401k. It goes up and down. I guess it lost 25 percent last year. Oh, <laughs> that's too bad. And you know what's sad about when you lose 25 percent in the stock market? Well, that's going to take two more years just to get back to break even. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if a hundred thousand <laughs> goes down to seventy five thousand. Now, even if I make 10%, the next, each of the next two years, well, 75000 becomes 82500 Another 10% becomes 90000 Oh, my gosh. It actually making 10% a year, which is, you know, about average for the stock market. You go down 20. It now takes three full years to get back to where I was three years ago. And it doesn't make you any income, and there's no tax benefits. That's why real estate is so much more attractive. I can put 20% down, control a property, make income of 8 to 10% a year by renting it out or putting it on Airbnb. I'm going to not have to pay taxes on almost any of that because I get to depreciate the property. Oh, by the way, I'm paying the mortgage down over time and the value's going up. I can sell it in five years, and now I started with one. Now I can get two. Two could become four. Four can become eight. And I haven't seen a better vehicle, and that's why... Uh, real estate still, I think, is the number one option to build wealth. But it's a, it's a, if you're trying to do it flipping homes, there's a lot of people getting killed right now <laughs> flipping homes. Yes, I don't see that as the best opportunity. But if you are dealing with apartments, if you're dealing with single-family starter homes, if you're dealing with Airbnb properties around Disney World or in recreative areas that are almost always busy, then there are great opportunities with those regardless of whether it's going up and down in value because you're paying the mortgage over time, it will always go up. Um, and so, yeah, that's what a lot of the wealthy uh, people are doing. All right, let's transition to our money topic here. The government debt threat keeps mounting, guys. Government debt just hit $31.4 trillion. And so now Congress and Senate are going to have a big fight about ex expanding the debt limit and uh, typically – uh, you know, Democrats, uh, Democrats and Republicans both love to spend money. Let's Absolutely. just be honest. Uh, during George Bush's presidency, the debt kept going up. During Obama's presidency, it went up. Uh, even during Trump, the debt kept going up. And now it's really accelerated uh, the last two years under President Biden. So it doesn't matter who's president. Our government is irresponsibly spending money. And the number one thing they spend it on, what do you think it is? What do you guys think it is? Um, I I know it's the it's the entitlement programs. It is, oh. it is. So I mean, yeah, they waste a lot of money on a lot of other things. Uh, we sent a hundred billion dollars to Ukraine, which you know um, their their annual uh, GDP is two hundred billion. So we sent them half of the money to actually make us a country each year, and wow. uh, a lot of people think that's a really worthwhile thing other people think why aren't we investing that in ourselves our own country is struggling with a lot of problems right now high inflation etc but the majority of our money is government and people that we all pay taxes to goes to medicare 
Medicaid and Social Security, the so-called entitlement programs. Mm. And here's what happens, guys. Baby boomers are getting older, so those costs are going up. But the problem we have is not enough people have actually had babies in the last few years. Right. And so at some point there's going to be an issue if we don't see our population increase as a country. The youth won't make enough money in taxes to take care of our older baby boomers that are retiring. So that's that's the issue. And this article says the only solution, let's see, this article is a Wall Street Journal article, one of the last resources on the planet that tries to look at both sides. It's not too far to the right. It's not too far to the left. It's very center, which I like. But 77% of Americans believe we need to reduce our country's debt. It's skyrocketed. Uh, Democrats are likely to demand, well, if we're going to pay this debt down, we've got to increase taxes, which makes sense. There's got to be more money to pay it down. Republicans will demand that, well, actually, we need to reduce our spending. Then we'll be able to pay it down. So they'll fight about that uh, for a long time. But here's <laughs> here's kind of the way I look at it. In, in 2008, um, for maybe a decade before that, People had been able to buy homes, and Scott will remember this. Uh, maybe your parents uh, talked yeah. a little bit about this, but there were no income, no asset mortgage loans. People were buying houses. You had strippers who had bought five <laughs> houses with no money down, and they were hoping they'd keep on going up in value. And in 08 and 09, everything crashed with that yep. because it was built upon a house of cards. It was a false foundation. It was fake money, right? Mm -hmm. I saw it firsthand. I was doing mortgages. I was doing those mortgages at the time. Uh, most of the time, people did have some sort of income verification, but there certainly were some who said, oh, I'm a business owner, and as long as your CPA verified you were a business owner, they didn't even verify your bank statements, anything. It was crazy. Wow. Um, and so you could see, and I was, I was young and dumb, didn't realize what, that that was going to happen, but it did. And in 08, they're like, never again. So they made laws, and all the banks that lost literally trillions of dollars are like, we're never doing that again. If you want to buy a house, you're going to put money down. We are going to scrutinize your income, your assets, which is the right thing to do. Well, I, re I do remember that very well because that was actually when I bought my first home in Florida a few years before wow. everything while it was going on. Yeah. And I remember being told I was crazy because I did not want an interest-only loan, and I could sell yeah. the house in four years. And my wife and I at the time said, you know what? I don't want to sell this house in four years. I don't want to do any of that. Let's just go conventional. And literally our neighborhood vanished when everybody the lost wow. their home. Like we were sitting yep. there saying literally everybody around us, maybe two or three people. I mean, it was a new community and they were just gone like overnight. 30 year fix, 15 year fix, still the way to go. So bottom line is when that happened, when it was built on a foundation of sand, the rains came and washed everybody away, right? Yep. The old uh, primary song, uh, build your house on the rock or the sand. So, <laughs> so you build your house on the sand, it washes away. And that's unfortunately what we've been doing as a country for the last several decades. Yes. We are building our house on a foundation of sand, and it's impossible. You can't keep overspending and go from $5 trillion to 10 to 20 We are now $31 trillion. We now have more debt than we bring in as a country in total income. All the businesses in this country, including Apple, Microsoft, Walmart, Amazon, like we, we, we now have more debt than we actually earn as a nation, not counting 
the little bit we bring in is tax revenue. And so it can't last. That's, that's the bottom line. At some point, there has to be an adjustment. And if there's not, then there's going to be an issue. One of the big things people talk about is the U.S. will lose its uh, um, reserve currency status, which means you know everything's yes. bought around yep. the world with the dollar. The good news is there's not a better economy or country out there, so we're still lo- <laughs> less likely to lose that. People have been saying China's coming, they're going to... But a recent study actually showed, no, probably not, because Xi Jinping has been so hard and so uh, demanding of power that he has pushed entrepreneurs out. Jack Ma, who started Alibaba, he's just moved to Japan. He's out. I don't think he's coming back to China. So they're kind of killing the golden goose that's been, you know, helping China to grow. And so all of that government stronghold... um, I don't see the world using the China currency to buy oil and other commodities um, at a high percentage anytime soon. So we're fortunate in that regard, but again, it's impossible. You can't keep overspending like that and not have negative results. So the U.S. has to do something like that. I mean, imagine if you know you had – it's kind of the equivalent of, listen, I make $75,000 a year. But I have a hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt. Yep. Aye, aye, aye. We've seen that. <laughs> we, we have we've seen all that. seen that, yeah. haven't we? Oh, yes, and yeah. it doesn't end well. <laughs> no. No, not it, at all. Ninety-nine times out of maybe nine hundred ninety-nine times out of a thousand, unless they have a business can really generate some income and increase their income to pay that debt off, that's an eventual bankruptcy. It just is. And that's where we're at as a country. We have a hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt at a twenty-five percent interest rate. Bad debt. It wasn't used to start a business. It was used to keep up with the Jones and go on vacations <laughs> and buy all sorts of stuff they didn't need. And and now, you know, they're going to go bank. And that's kind of where our country's at. Now, the good news is our country does have the ability to really turn that income on and hopefully some more responsible spending and pay that debt off. We can absolutely do that. But you know why it's going to be really hard? When was the last time you heard a presidential candidate say, listen, guys, we're the family that ha- or makes seventy five grand a year with $100,000 in credit card debt. I'm really sorry, but we're going to have to pull back all of our special programs for the next eight years. We're going to have to make some sacrifices. The family, we can't go on vacations for a while. All right, guys? Uh, we can't send any <laughs> money to Ukraine and these other countries. I'm really sorry. We'd love to, but we can't do it because we've got to get our house in order. And we're going to pay $20 trillion down to the debt, get our debt down to $10 trillion. How about that? <laughs> oh, my. Um, but that's what we're going to have to do for you. You think that guy's going to get elected? Nope. No. 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 No chance in hell, right? But that's literally what we need is somebody who could actually be responsible like that and say, you know what, I don't care if you guys like me. Like, that's actually what we have to do to get our house in order. That's what, if you were a good uh, leader to business, you would do. That's what Steve Jobs did when he took over Apple. Like, you guys might not remember this. Like, he took he he started Apple, did well, got kicked out of his own company because he was acting a little foolish. And, <laughs> yep. and then he built Pixar, which then was acquired oh, by Disney and was okay. super successful with uh, Toy Story and all mm-hmm. of those uh, movies. Disney bought it. He, he made uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. And then Apple's like, oh, Steve, we need you to come back and save the company. So they bring <laughs> it back. And he sat everybody down. He's like... All these programs are gone. All these other products, we're going to sell five products. I'm cutting everything off. Sorry, we're going to have to fire 30% of the workforce. Mm. He put the house in order, and a decade later, 
they were one of the biggest companies in the world, but it never would have been that if he hadn't made the tough decisions. And that's what we need someone in the United States to do is step up and, and do that. All right, guys. So we've got nine minutes <laughs> left on the podcast. We still have three topics, sports, mindset, and family. Wow. I think we quickly go through sports. <laughs> All right. Giants, Eagles, who do you like? I like the Giants in this game. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going. You know what? They are trending upwards. The Eagles are trending downwards. I agree. I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Eagles are going to come out on top, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants did. They look great against Minnesota. Cowboys 49ers, guys. Who do we like? Well, hey. if Brock Purdy can beat Tom Brady, he definitely can beat Dak Prescott. So I'm going with the Niners on this one. I agree. Niners wow. are at home. Their defense is unbelievable. The Cowboys looked great against uh, Tampa. Um, it was Tampa, though. But, yeah, <laughs> it was Tampa. And I and Brock Purdy's been so good. Christian McCaffrey has changed the whole paradigm of that team. Kyle Shanahan is a better coach. I'm going with the uh, Niners as well. All right, Bengals and Bills. That's probably what I think is the closest and the most evenly matched matchup of the weekend. Um, poor Buffalo, not just their player. They've been through a lot up there this yeah, year from horrific accidents, blizzards. Couldn't play in their flare. home game in Buffalo. They got snowed out. They had to go to Detroit. Yeah. So um, I'm saying it's either going to be a nail-biter at the Bengals win or Buffalo wins by a long shot. They just come out. And I, I think field. Buffalo wins, and the reason uh, – during the season I would have said the Bengals, but they have three of their five offensive linemen hurt, mm -hmm. and they struggled. They should have lost to Baltimore. Yeah. If Tyler Huntley doesn't fumble that one-yard quarterback sneak, yeah. Baltimore likely wins, wins that game. game. I think the Bills are definitely going to take them down. They're more healthy. And there's something special like that DeMar Hamlin thing when your whole team, the whole nation was literally praying for this guy. Like, yeah. it was so unbelievable to see that happen. There's gonna. I think there's something special. I think the Bills are going to win it all this year. That's my pick. That's your pick to the end. So I pick they're going <laughs> to, and I think they're going to play the 49ers in the Super Bowl. The 49ers are going to win. I think the 49ers beat the Eagles or the Giants next week, and it's 49ers-Bills. I think the Bills come out on top with some magical play. Uh, Jaguars-Chiefs. I mean, it's it's hard to not pick against, to pick against Mahomes. I think at, that, at that, that's my, that's my AFC team I'm picking to go. the Chiefs for sure on but that man, one. man, this kid. Ever in Trevor Lawrence, yeah. Just well, a good, Doug, I love human. Doug Peterson. Yep. He's just yep. a great coach. I thought Philadelphia made a mistake firing him, but, you know, they've proven to, I mean, to be maybe they did make a good decision there. And, hey, it's worked out well for, for And I kind of like Trevor. Any kid that comes back from 31 points down and then takes his buddies to the Waffle House to celebrate the victory after Aww. the game is okay with me. That's <laughs> 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 some good stuff. All right, guys. So that's our sports segment. Love the NFL. Uh, there's really just uh, three weeks left of the NFL season. We got divisional round, and then we got championship AFC NFC next week, and then the Super Bowl in two weeks after that. So that's uh, going to be fun to watch. I'm excited. I'm not in Portland this weekend in the freezing rain watching soccer, so I will be able to watch those. All right, our mindset topic is how Tony Robbins cultivates a growth mindset. We're going to end on this topic here, guys. And this is an important concept. You know how like when kids are growing up and mo maybe your parents told you this or maybe you see parents talk to maybe you may I probably made this mistake. We're like, oh, you're so smart, Billy, or 
oh, Susan, <laughs> you're, you're so smart. You're so gifted. And we, like, give, give kids these titles that they are this. And then when they have a failure and someone else at school says, oh, you're lazy, you're dumb, you're, and then they get this new uh, title put on them that's projected on them. And so that's what's called a fixed mindset, where it's basically like whatever, whoever you are, it's how you were born. Or, oh, you know, so-and-so went to, to Harvard or so-and-so was valedictorian. By the way, most valedictorians in your high schools don't actually achieve tremendous success in life. Isn't that crazy? Yep. Most of them don't. But you know who does? Guys who had my mentor, Patrick David, 1.8 GPA, did not Ooh. go to college, just exited <laughs> his insurance company for $400 million. Wow. Right? So that's growth mindset. Growth right. mindset says you have the potential to achieve and become anything you want, dream, want to work hard, and learn from mentors, and, and, and educate yourself. Because I'm sorry to say the education system doesn't teach success. When was the last time it taught about money or credit? It doesn't yeah. do those things. And so the growth mindset says you can do become and achieve by working hard and learning from mentors and getting the right education, not during college, but after college. And then the uh, fixed mindset is, oh, you know, you went here, you're this. And so that's someone who literally thinks, I went to college and got this piece of paper and I had a 3.8 GPA. I'm smarter and better. I am entitled to this. That's fixed mindset. Growth mindset's not like that. Um, those, people you, think about this? those people usually respond to a situation. If you're doing something good, they'll say, oh, it must be nice to be able to do that. But yet they're not willing to put in the work that you put in to get you there. They, oh yeah, it's ve it was very nice to be able to go to Hawaii. It was very nice to go on that Alaskan cruise. But nobody's seeing me on the computer at 11 o'clock at night researching a top 100 or yeah. taking clients yeah. through a process and helping people to grow. And they're like, oh, it must just be nice. Like, I was a little better than them, so I d that's why, and they're never going to get there. And that response is always, always funny when someone says, when someone says that to me. I've never 100%. even thought of that. That's true. Almost like kind of dismissing the hard work that right. you do to get to where you're it's at. It's almost sarcastic. Oh, it must be nice to be yeah, able to do that. Nice. I can't do that. You, you yeah. know, you're special. No, I've worked my fanny off and yeah. I had it on my bucket that's, list and I went to Alaska. fixed mindset versus growth mindset. I mean, I have to be honest. I have been that person though. It must be nice, but it's true. I mean, if you want to get to where... Oh, listen, you know. we, we've all been that person. <laughs> I know, yeah. the but I just wanted is, to put it out there yeah. that I the happily been is, that person. <laughs> and, and this is another fallacy. Oh, you can't change. Yes, you can. You definitely yes, can. Yes, you can. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, there's a lot of people that do. They want to go out and travel and not do the work for it. But, I mean, everyone that, I mean, unless you're like Kylie Jenner, I'm sorry. I know she has her business and everything, but if you're not born into somewhere where you have a lot of money and even then like you still have to work for it mm -hmm. you have to work to get to mm -hmm. where you want to go no one's going to help you you have to get there but and what is the thing you said i i love when you say it. it's the process i think instead of it's a process not an event exactly yep. i love that because it is yeah. i mean you have to keep going it's not just going to happen overnight you have to put in the work and keep putting in the work you're not just done when you finally get to a good place you have to go. You know, before Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, <laughs> he had this great quote that he, he would say, and it's like, "Over all overnight success takes 10 years. Yep. I like that. And there's another quote uh, by Bill Gates where he says, we often, um, you know, over 
expect what we can do in a year, but we underestimate what we can do in 10 years. And like so that. so those that's the right mindset. So a growth mindset, according to Tony Robbins, is that you can change your story. You believe it when Tony says we can change our lives, we can do, have, and be exactly what we wish. And the growth mindset examples like in business, for example, include hiring from within. Instead of hiring that person who got mm. the special degree and the special thing, that doesn't mean anything. Their experience and results that they bring a company, that's what matters. And understanding that you can, I'd always much rather hire and promote from within because they have your values, they have your principles, they understand how the business and the company works. So that's that's growth mindset within your company, um, placing importance on passion, values, principles, investing in professional development, and encouraging risk-taking. A lot of growth mindset is, oh, I, I don't want to lose this. I don't want to you know, risk this. And, and people who succeed are willing to take calculated risks and that have a bigger payout and a bigger upside. Um, what are some of the, uh, you know, mindsets that people tell themselves, guys, that that keep them from from growing, you think? I think a lot of it is that uh, many people continue to see the, the past and what got them to where they are, and they kind of put that in their mind that, oh, well, I'm just going to keep running into these same obstacles and that. And another thing is people do get in the right mindset and they're listening to all the tapes and they're seeing Tony Robbins and there's never any action put beyond it. Very true. So they're like, I'm reading all these things. I'm, well, what have you done with it? The (laughs) action has, the mindset has to be there or the action going to be there. But then once the mindset is there, you have to follow that up with the action of doing. You know, I say, uh, you know, there's people out there who want to know everything before they start. And I just had a conversation yesterday. I'm like, you are never going to know everything. But if you think you have to, you will never do anything. Because you'll never know, oh, well, i got to find out about this. And it just keeps you in that place. So you get that mindset and put the action behind it. Mm, Very true. I love that. There's a book, and I highly recommend everyone to read it. It's called You Are a Badass. I don't know if you guys have heard of that book. But I I read it recently just because I've been trying to build self-confidence. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of the younger generation, you shoot yourself down a lot. And there's a lot of negativity when it comes to social media. So I've taken a step out from that and then been reading these books. And then in that book, it just goes over um, how like that, like it's just a survival instinct that we have to make sure that you know everything before you take that jump. And like you said, you're not going to know everything and you're going to make mistakes, but that's what makes you grow and learn. So if you spend all your time trying to educate yourself instead of actually going and doing the action, you're not going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And more likely than not, you'll end up dropping the thing because yep. you think you know everything. And then you're like, you know what? I've lost interest on in this and now I'm going to go and do something else. So instead of taking all this time thinking about it, just do it. Mm. Just go for it. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. You know, the, uh, the guy who came up with the 75 hard challenge, uh, Andy Fursell that I did, he calls those people success zombies. Like they go to the events, they buy all the books, they buy all the programs, and and we'll see this uh, at Funding CEO Academy. Someone goes through the process, they're there every Wednesday, they're learning, and then I go and I look at the portal and like they haven't submitted anybody for funding. 
like, oh my gosh, how can we succeed if we aren't finding people who need money, if we're not, if we're not taking action? And so that those are success zombies. Yes, you need to learn, but you need to earn while you learn. And you learn a hundred times more by taking action and getting out into the into the trenches, and that's where you learn what works, what doesn't, and you make mistakes. And that's the biggest problem with this fixed mindset society that we have is our school system does not reward people for learning through making mistakes, right? You get the red check mark on your test because you didn't memorize and regurgitate and vomit out that answer that the teacher taught you. Instead, we should have been, hey, if you had this problem, you know, write out what you would do to create a solution. Or if you were a leader at this job running our, our funding assistant department, how would you deal with this advisor who's not doing their job or, or something, right? Like real things that you actually would do in a business or in a job in real life that translates into success. And we don't reward failure in this uh, school system. And then you get out into life and the whole you know, you have to get good grades and then you fail at a business or you fail at some aspect of your job. And then most people don't know how to react to that. And so the biggest thing is understanding that when you mistake, have a mistake or fail, that is the process that you are learning and you need to learn quickly and then just focus on what's the next solution, what's the lesson learned, and then keep on building and if you do that you'll be able to bounce back very fast and one of the things you'll see with successful people is they had a lot of failures mm -hmm. before they were successful right they didn't immediately achieve success they had a whole bunch of failure along the way that eventually led to success um, what, one of the stories i'll end with is uh, the story of kurt warner you know football player great guy i mean he he tried to make it at a big college, didn't. He walked on it at a small college. He's getting killed, and he didn't play until his senior year at this junior college or, or small Division three college. He finally made it, finally played well, didn't get drafted. So, oh, fail, 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 fail. But then he joins the Arena Football League when it first started, did pretty well there, did NFL Europe, did okay there, and then finally got a tryout with the St. Louis Rams, didn't know if he was going to make the team. Made the team as the backup quarterback. And then Trent Green goes down in 1999, and he takes his job, steps up, and that's the year he becomes MVP, wins the Super Bowl, goes from a grocery bagger to an NFL quarterback MVP of the Super Bowl. Literally happened within a short period of time. But that's somebody who understands growth mindset and that failure is a step-by-step -step process. Now, I will say this. If you're in something that's not a, bad, not a good fit for your talent and your strengths and you're not seeing results, maybe you need to pivot to the right business to see the results or the right career and become an expert in something that, that uses your talents that you can be passionate about. But he, he knew that, right? He knew that was the right uh, you know, opportunity for him. He kept working at it, found success. So that, that's, uh, that's what we the podcast on. Keep fighting, learn from adversity, get a growth mindset. And uh, 2023 can be a breakout year for you. Uh, again, if you guys uh, need access uh, to money, to grow, to make your business uh, a breakthrough one in 2023, you can check out sevenfiguresfunding.com. And of course, if you're interested in making your getting your money right in 2023, myfigures.com membership, there's a free 30-day trial. And we built that for business owners who want to get their money right in 2023, manage all their accounts in one place. And we also have a mindset section 
that helps uh, with videos from Tony Robbins and Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki to give you the right money success mindset. Well, Alyssa, big thanks for your viewpoints as a Gen Z expert. Scotty bringing in the expertise in that boomer Gen X uh, position that he's in and so much experience in business, guys. Make today great. Have an amazing weekend. Spend it with ones you love. But realize you can create the life you want by being very intentional and getting the right mindset. We'll see you with next week's uh, episode. Thank you for joining us on the Go Figure podcast. If you learned something that will help your business or family, take 30 seconds and give us a five-star. If we added value to your day, then share the show with someone who wants to get their money right and be sure to subscribe to the Seven Figures Funding YouTube channel. If you're a business owner and a parent committed to getting your money right for your family, then check out the MyFigures.com money app with a free 30-day trial to manage your money, track your net worth, and build a profit-first business through our fintech platform. God bless, and we'll see you next time on the Go Figure podcast.